A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a new thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the new thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is new thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, and I'm here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And hi. Good day. Not sure when people are listening to this. For us, it's morning. Yeah. That's why I said hi. I, I just suddenly remembered. I don't know what time it is anywhere, except for right here. <laughs> it's always morning somewhere. Yeah. So you were telling me a story before, and you wanted to know if there's metaphysical new thought meaning behind the story. And of course, I think that there's metaphysical meaning behind every story, but there was definitely some in that one. So please synopsize. So here's the short story. I had to go to CVS, had a bit of a crisis the day before. So I had to go to CVS to pick up some stuff. And I went at 545 because I thought I'll get there early, be the first one there. They were closed and they didn't open until seven. Okay, so I'm not sitting in CVS for an hour for any reason. So I said, let me head down to Starbucks five miles down the road and get my favorite, you know, Starbucks thing and violate all the health stuff that I'm trying to do right now. But (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, you know, that was going to be my excuse. I had to wait. So as I was driving, I kept feeling like, don't go turn around, don't go. And I had an argument with myself, I guess for about a mile down the road. And then I thought, hey, you have a feeling not to go. Turn around and just see what it's like to go with the flow (laughs) instead of, you know, just doing what you want. So I turned around, went back and sat in the lot of CVS with Ernest Holmes playing, which is really a wonderful thing anyway, and did that. So Finally took care of my business. Later on that day, my son came and said, make a deal with you, mom. I always win. So I said, sure, (laughs) sure. You know, I'm thinking, what am I getting ready to get this time? He said, if you take me on this errand, I'll get you a Starbucks. My eyes were like, is this really happening? Now, I know a coffee is no big deal, but I thought it represented something different. Not only that, did I get the Starbucks? He said... Get your favorite sandwich. Just get anything you want. And so I got my favorite sandwich. And then we got to the end of the aisle. The guy said, we were training somebody. We got these two drinks. You two want them. We walked out with four drinks. (laughs) And I'm walking to the car with, you know, like my feet not touching the ground, truly grateful, laughing because it seemed funny, and trying to figure out what is going on here. Mm. So I knew you'd be able to speak to it. There's stuff going on at so many different levels there. And a big piece of it is listening to spirit. When you get that little voice that says, do this or don't do this, then do it or don't do it according to what spirit says. And it's not like your life is going to end if you don't. 
So if you had at 6.30 in the morning or whatever it was gone to the Starbucks, then when your son came in and made you the offer later that day, you said, oh, I've already been to Starbucks today. And it would have taken a lot of the magic out of that possibility. You have no idea what might have happened when you went to the Starbucks earlier. I mean, presumably the Starbucks is relatively busy, so there are cars backing in and out and so forth. And there's possibly the somebody in a big pickup truck who was backing up without looking. And the fact that you weren't there means that you didn't get into a fender bender in the Starbucks parking lot. It is also possible that the same sort of thing happened at the CVS during the 10 minutes that you weren't there. That it was good for you not to be there. So this can be seen as good unfolding in so many different levels. And it's a wonderful reminder that we don't know. We never see the accident that we weren't in. We never see the crisis that was averted. We rarely are aware of just exactly how precarious something might have been. And it just works out. That little experience just amazed me all day. Because I did think about, you know, the accident that might not have happened or whatever. And mm-hmm. then I thought, you usually think about the crisis you were saved from. But what about the good thing? Could it possibly have been something good? And so I started thinking about what was good in this, you know, and what was good in it was that, you know, I got my son was taking me for a coffee, which is no big deal. You know, when we go to the mall, when we used to go to the mall, he's a grown man. He's still holding my hand. We used to, you know, I <laughs> said, careful man, on the escalator. You know, well, he did that all through, you know, his teenage years and whatever. I tell him, don't do that. People are going to think I'm a cougar. And he says, <laughs> like, like, I am not messing with this young guy. He's my son. But it's really fun being with him. So I kind of looked at that as, wow, I had an hour to be with him and whatever. It was just all sorts of things. And then one of the other things was God is within, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, so now God within, what was this all about? You know, I'm happy and excited, but I am still listening. And it felt like if I'm quiet, because I've been on this quiet thing, you know, if I'm quiet, maybe I will hear. And then there's the surrender. And what's that thing when they raise the white flag? I can't remember. Oh, that's surrender. Then there's another one. One is surrender and the other submit. Okay, because I see a difference. Okay. And I thought, okay, well. I did submit to the voice or the feeling that I had, and that felt good. It just felt good all the way around, you know? And I'm trying to hold on to that feeling because I felt cared for. Yeah. And felt like spirit was paying attention to me, but then why? Because spirit always pays attention. So this is going back and forth. I'm still excited. Well, this was a watershed week for you. Because when we started this podcast, you would routinely claim to be a card-carrying control freak. <laughs> and I think it was earlier this week, you said, all right, I don't have the card anymore. It's not a happening thing. It's not going on for me. And I actually made up a little Delaware Valley Control Freak Association card and wrote canceled on it with your picture. And there's something huge there. Because you could have gone to Starbucks and you could have muscled your way through. And the universe is just sending these little messages that when you let go, when you surrender control, there is all the good that you would have muscled into place yourself as a control freak and more. 
because had you gone to the Starbucks, you would have gotten your coffee, you probably would have gotten your sandwich, would have taken care of yourself, may or may not have felt good or bad about what you were having in your body. I would have felt bad. It, yeah, by the time it came up later in the day, because it was tied together with a social activity, a deal for your kid and all the rest of it, then it, it wound up being okay. -er. But then at the Starbucks, they're training new people. And what they need is somebody who they can give their masterpiece their first try masterpiece away to and there you were there it was there you were and your son gets free coffee even though he was expecting to pay for all the coffee and you get free coffee and he gets to spend time with mom and you get to spend time with him and just by letting go and following that intuition all this good gets to show up in your life we don't even know about the bad things that didn't happen we know about all the good things that did so there's a reminder leave the canceled card you know, don't put it back in your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> I really am excited about that, although that sounds really weird. I'm excited about that because sometimes I'm tired. Like I'm used to that. I'm used to that way of living. It's been my responsibility. I was raised that way, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes you get tired and it's nice to see what will happen when I'm not able to handle it. You know, like the day before, there was a major, major big thing that happened. I could not handle it, but I had to handle the craziness around it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to say anything because my card was canceled. And I thought, <laughs> you know, I'm standing there, I'm in this crisis, and I know something has to be said, and you know what to say. And then I'm like, okay, spirit, can I do this? And what it felt like was being guided in the use of the energy that I'm so used to putting out. This time I'm checking, like, is it cool? Because something has to be done here. Is it cool? <laughs> and yeah. So that kind of felt good. Yeah, let spirit tell you what's yours to do. Yeah, like I'm really good in a crisis. After it's over, I look back and want to faint and figure out what in the world. But in the crisis, I'm really good. And I thought, okay, is this time for me to be who I am? Yeah, in a crisis, you do that, but you don't have to do it all the time, you know? So, but the card is still canceled. I'm not trying to pick it up. Card is still canceled. There you go. And the interesting good news, bad news thing about being good in a crisis, about being a troubleshooter, about being a problem solver is... If we identify that way, then what we need is a crisis or a problem or a trouble so that we can bring our skills to bear. If it's something that you have in your toolkit, and you know, it's like the difference between the police and a Boy Scout. The police are going out looking for trouble. The Boy Scouts are just simply prepared, and if something comes up, they can deal with it. And it's a different mindset. So as long as you're okay with the skill set that you have and being able to bring those resources to bear when it's appropriate, and also to leave them in the toolbox when you don't need them, then in my opinion, you're doing really well. You have no idea what you just said. Oh my God. Oh, okay. You have no idea. Let me just tell you, let me try to wrap it up. What I'm thinking, it's like when I'm a control freak, you say that crisis has to happen so you can control situations have to come so I could be who I am, like breathing control freak, right? So I have to have crap going on so I can control it and fix it. Right. I would not have believed that until I looked at it from the other side, which is what you just talked about. I've looked at some situations around me and said, 
You are freaking living in your dream. This is what you <laughs> you brought. And I thought, no, but yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> because how many times have you thought, if this happens, I'll do this. If this, this is possible. Okay, this is how. So I think and I'm planning for eventualities rather than actually bringing them to me. And I thought, okay, you smart enough to figure that out. You smart enough to change it. And mm. now when the call comes, I say something a little different. And I got to admit, a couple of times I felt I'm being terrible. I'm being irresponsible. But I thought, mm-mm, because that's keeping that crap away from me. Because if I say, <laughs> <laughs> the norm is, you know, I'll take it. I'll take care of it. And then I'm like, oh, gosh, look at this mess I'm in. This time I said, no, I'm mm-hmm. not doing this. You be the control freak over your thing. I'm sitting here doing nothing. Well, doing what I want to do. Yeah. And opening the space and allowing for whatever good is going to be coming in, but not needing to force it. Yeah. Because fixing, I think, sometimes could mess things up. Mm -hmm. You know, it fixes the moment, which is cool. But there's after the moment to live. And I'm looking at how many times, and this is hard, this is hard to do, you know, because it doesn't feel real good. I'm looking at how many times I've fixed something in the moment and it was good and people look for you to do that. Not sure they really appreciate it, but they look for you to do it. But then it's the after effects also. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a break and talk about after effects and unintended consequences because there are sure a yeah, bunch of Yeah, there are. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. Dot com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And I told a story and you're going to like wrap this. You have no idea some of the powerful things that you shared. Before you say anything, let me just tell you this. I'm doing this podcast with you. I'm 100% with you, but I'm making notes. Like I make, <laughs> you know, I come with notes, things I might want to ask you or share, but I am making notes when you talk and I'm just loving it. You know, I'm loving this. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Of course, there's an unintended consequence. 
because we thought we would do this podcast and didn't have any expectation about what's going on. But it turns out that there is stuff that's inspiring you and getting you to take notes and think deeper about stuff that you thought that you already were finished thinking about. Yeah. And so the unintended consequences, we're creating our experience all the time. And you have some examples from when you were raising your kids and kept them like living in Disney World. And the good part is they got to grow up in the mama equivalent of Disney World. And the downside of that is they didn't learn how to live in the regular world quite as well as they might have. So <laughs> They're spoiled brats, okay? And I can say this publicly because they admit to it themselves. But I did it. Me and Daddy did it. And that's an unintended consequence. So that's not what you're saying. You, you did not set out and say, hey, let me make my kid a brat. While you were doing something different. And what you were doing worked and... There was another consequence of that that was not particularly intended. The same thing happens when a kid wants to learn to swim. And if the parents are overprotective and you always put the life jacket on them when they go in the pool, then they're going to be safe, but they're not going to learn to swim. So there's always that balance point of how much do I hold on to and how much do I support and how much do I let go and allow the situation to unfold and reveal itself. And it's so scary. The more fear we have, the more we want to clamp down and be in control. And the more we do that, the more unintended consequences we're generating. And those can just go downstream forever, continuing to cascade. Yeah, the imagery is perfect. I recently read, recently as in like five years ago, <laughs> recent, <laughs> Khalil Gibran. I've had him since I was in my teens, but none of this stuff would make sense. Like I'm reading this and I thought, all right, I guess it made sense to him, but I think you got to get old before stuff really. <laughs> <laughs> so he wrote a piece on children being mm -hmm. not your own and so forth. So if somebody listening hasn't read it, do yourself a favor and read it ahead of time <laughs> before you get Brett's. Like I do. <laughs> yeah, that was from the prophet. <laughs> yes. And he gets, like my three brats, they get mad at me if I don't answer the phone right away. So, <laughs> yeah, read it. But yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there are those unintended consequences, and they can be pretty strong sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And Khalil Gibran is talking about that our children are not ours. Mm -hmm. They don't come from us. They come through us. They are like the arrows the shot from the bow. We have the bow, but they're on their own path. And there's a big picture reminder in all of that, that instead of deciding, this is how I want my kid to behave, this is what I want him to say to grandma, or this is how I want him to engage with his classmates, to instead identify the feeling, the tone and the texture and the nuance of what it feels like to have your child be that citizen who you want him or her to be. And that gives us the big picture. So, yeah, kind and gentle and loving and open and generous and supportive and accommodating and just bringing love and good into whatever the situation is. When we let go of the details of how we think that's going to happen and set the invitation, the opening for this is the sort of experience that I want to be having then our actions and our activities and our consciousness all intersect to cultivate that sort of behavior of the person who we're wanting to have, the person who we're inviting into life. 
Exactly. And it's a responsibility, you know, to look at all the moving parts, which I don't know if that's something we think about doing all the time. But there are a lot of moving parts and you have to look at the end sort of from the beginning, I guess, Mm -hmm. and see what you want to get out of it. But I don't want to go down this road talking, you know, using all using the time talking about my kids and everything. But well, your kids are just the example here because they start out being brats and they wind up buying you Starbucks. Yeah. So a brat bought me Starbucks, you know. (laughs) So, you know, there's a balance point there. And the thing to remember is that we get to let go of how. That's where the control freak card fits into all of this. As a control freak, we want to be able to say, this is what I want. This is how it's going to happen. So let me come and push on it until it happens the way that I want it to. And that way I'm going to get the result that I want. And sometimes that works. And sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes we start pushing and things go completely sideways and it would have been much better to have not pushed. There's so many different ways to accomplish the things that we want to accomplish that when we let go of the details, of the specifics, of the how, then this infinite creative power that creates everything can create this experience for us in a way that goes completely beyond our imagination. My favorite prayer work stories, the stories about The results of prayers are the ones that start with, you're not going to believe this, but. (laughs) I I send you those kind every now and then. Yeah. Right. And those are the ones where this teaching, this philosophy, this creative process are so in our face. It's like, I thought this was outside of my belief system, but obviously it's inside of my belief system because it happened but something has transformed because the belief system that said, you're not going to believe this, but is my old thinking. And it was my new thinking, my new thought that allowed this experience to come into my life. You're not going to believe this. Yes. It's completely fascinating to me. I wake up expecting. (laughs) I've been doing that for a couple, you know, for years, but it's like knowing that things are going to work out for me. I just sometimes have to remind myself, you know, because stuff happens, it gets in the way, and I'm thinking, what the heck is this? But this is part of the working out for me. So I, you know, do kind of say, Spirit, I think you could have done this a different way. Perhaps the next time you will. (laughs) (laughs) Make it easier for you to predict. Yeah, yeah, make it easier. But, you know, I think Spirit is used to me talking back. I don't think (laughs) that it makes any difference. Yeah. Well, it's been said that obstacles are detours in the right direction. Yes. Hard, though. Yeah, I thought I was heading this way, but there's something in my way, and I have to go a different way. And it turns out that path gives me something that is much more important than what I was thinking about to begin with. And you know that point that you just talked about? You're going one way. I thought this was the right way. Now I have to try something different. Like right in that moment when you make that pivot or just before you make the pivot, It's like a bad feeling. I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have gone this way. But I've gotten to that point so many times. I tell myself, you know, I mean, because I think you got to build in some stuff to help you get along this journey of change. I tell myself, but it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, you really did make a screwed up decision here in your opinion, but this was a part of it. So don't waste time. Just make the pivot and think of it along the way if you need to, but you got some things ahead of you. I mean, just make the pivot quickly because you can get caught in that moment feeling like, you know, like smack because, you know, this is like the 50th time I made this dumb decision. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yep. And the best time to make that change is 20 years ago. And the second best time is today. So. Yeah. I remember you said that. And that helps me a lot. Well, that's what experience is. Experience is when we recognize a mistake as we're making it again. Yeah. And when we're being a teacher or a parent or a beneficial presence, maybe we can let somebody else benefit from the mistakes that we've made. Or maybe we can benefit from the mistakes we've seen other people make that we didn't jump in and fix, but learn from so that now we know better. Yeah, you said something earlier before we came on the air about being able to watch things going on now, watch the generation change and all that is going on. And I do that with such ease. I mean, I can look at stupid and just say, (laughs) you know, because I used to use the term, I know how life works. You know, I don't think life is just going to suddenly change and be different. Things work a certain way. And no matter how cleverly you come up with alternatives, I just sit back and watch and say, you know, and I pretty much know how this is going to turn out because, yeah. The river flows this way. It's not going to suddenly turn around and go the other way. Right. And by the time we've seen this movie or this script made into a movie nine different times. Yes. We're not really that surprised when we get to the plot twist. Oh, you know, it's a horror movie. We don't open the basement door, you know, but they're gonna because that's part of the program. So then you just need to be ready to deal with what comes up after that. This is a quick story. We had a death in the family many, many years ago. And I, I think was in my teens. And my father had a twin brother, and he passed. And it was just a really, you know, terribly upsetting situation. And my aunt, who was like 85, she was just the coolest. She flowed through the whole thing. I watched her, and when it was all over, and and we were talking a couple days down the road, I said, you didn't seem upset, because she was an integral part of raising him. And I said, you just didn't seem upset. And she said, I've seen so many people die. I understand that this is a part of life. And one day I'm going to die. And she didn't raise her voice, you know, like I'm crying and she was still cool. I never forgot that. So it's knowing that certain things happen and it'll be okay. It's just going to be okay. So the freak out, I mean, sometimes you're going to do that and cry, I guess, but the freak out losing it in situations, not talking about grief, just talking about life situations. It's like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And we get to react or respond in whatever way is appropriate at the moment or inappropriate at the moment. And then we get to deal with the consequences of that. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we will do a practical prayer for that head scratching. You're not going to believe this, but. (laughs) Good, good. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. 
God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. This has been an amazing discussion. This has been fun, yeah. Yes. Free stuff from Starbucks. <laughs> free stuff from <laughs> Starbucks. You know, I said that I had a crisis the day before, and that's what made me get up early and have to do all that kind of stuff, change my beloved routine that morning <laughs> to go out in the street. But in the crisis time, I can say this. I called upon practical prayer because I know how to be a control freak. I know what to do or I know what to say and all that, blah, blah, blah. But I said, okay, what I want right now is practical prayer. And one other time I talked to you before, I said I couldn't do it because it was too stressful. The whole situation was a mess. Okay, so here I'm in a different mess, even more intense. I just pulled back and said, now, the practical prayer is what? And then I remembered that Jesus lived in the experience of the practical prayer. And I said, I'm going to do that. And so, you know, God is, God is, and God is whatever I wanted God to be in that situation. God is, and God is in me. So I'm riding with God in this. You know, we are together in this, although like I'm tagging along. <laughs> In a sense, <laughs> I'm not doing, I'm not being a control freak. I'm just going with God in this. And this is how the expected outcome that I know is going to happen because God is in it. And I'm just, you know, kind of flowing through trying to pray and trying to be the prayer. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, absolutely. You know, trying to be the prayer. And then I felt like, okay, all right, I don't have time for this refuting anything. This is it. This is, <laughs> I have no, no time No questions for this. about it. No, no questions. This is it. And I'm grateful for the outcome. And more than that, I'm grateful that I know how this all works. And so it is. Let's go. And I stunned myself. And I said, you know what? You not just did a practical prayer, but you lived in it. That's what I was wanting. I didn't want a crisis, but I got to see what that felt like in the feeling moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you said earlier that when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And this was you in the form of your own embodying the prayer, being the teacher. And what came along was the crisis. And that was your opportunity to have yourself a little teachable moment and dive even deeper into the prayer experience. So sorry about the crisis. Congratulations on the prayer. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, when it was over, I thought, I hope you got it. Girl, I hope you got it because you don't need any more of this going on. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, to be done with the crises. That's lovable. Yeah. So let's do a prayer and kind of echoing on top of that, as good as we can believe and even better. So that, that head scratching, I love it when the doctors come back in and they're scratching their heads. And they're saying, I apologize. The first 
test must have been processed incorrectly because there's no evidence that there was ever a disease here to begin with. And I've seen that happen on numerous occasions, and I am perfectly okay with medical professionals going through that. I am perfectly okay with seemingly miraculous changes in the weather that suddenly make whatever the activity that we have planned come off perfectly. And most of the time, it's a break in the clouds and the rain stops and it's wonderful. There have been a couple of times where I wanted it to be a nice clear night and it was a freaking monsoon and we had to stay in and the whole program got changed and it was different. And it turns out that wouldn't have happened if the weather were nice. Not controlling and saying, this is what I want the weather to be, but to say, we have perfect weather. Not to say, this is the parking spot I want, but that I have my perfect parking space. It goes from the subtle to the dramatic. And what the fun ones have in common is when we tell the story about it, we say, you're not going to believe this, but. So let's take that into prayer. You're not going to believe this, but. And this is about somebody else's belief system because people generally have an expectation of how the universe works and how life unfolds. And sometimes something completely unexpected and awesome spectacular happens. And that's what we're talking about. But what we can do is turn our attention to that infinite creative power, that divine presence, God itself, the source, the center, the circumference of everything that exists everywhere. There is this one. And God is sharing itself as its creation. It's not like God started out with a parts cabinet and is making the universe out of its parts. In the beginning, there was darkness and void, and God was all there was. The Big Bang, just whatever the singularity was, it was all there. And it started expanding, started unfolding, started revealing, started creating, and continues to do that. And the raw material is that one. That one is sharing itself as everything, as everyone, everywhere, every moment. It is sharing itself as me and each one who is listening to this right now. We are all that divine God essence taking individual and particular form. That creative process that has created everything has created each of us and is the same process that we are using to create our next experience. Not individually not using a little bit of the power that we have available. We are focal points of that infinite creative power. There is no limit to what God can do for us and through us and as us. So as we turn our attention to that divine power and presence within, we allow it to create something new and wonderful and juicy and joyous in our lives. In whatever area we're considering, it works with health and vitality physical comfort. It works with prosperity and enoughness and sufficiency. It works with relationships and love and connection of our beloved and with our family members and our community and with our co-workers and with anybody we're having an interaction with. The opportunity for more and more of that love and connection and harmony to reveal itself is always available. It happens in our creative expression about being able to share these gifts and skills and talents we're endowed with in a way that brings good into our lives and into the world around us. It's available in our awareness of the spiritual truth and depth of what we are. That infinite creative power is creating something new in the lives of each of us right now, as good as we can possibly imagine and better. The only limitation is our prior beliefs, whatever beliefs we've had up until now. And so I let loose of those. I'm not going to believe this, but I'm not going to believe this and. And the story that's being told right after that can be as great and grand and dramatic as we can possibly allow. So that's what I'm inviting now. 
good and more good and more good upwelling, filling us, pouring forth into the world through us, showering down upon us. It is everything. We are filled with it now. And love and harmony and goodness is unfolding, and I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the stories that each one of us get to tell, starting with, you're not going to believe this, but. And then that story of transformation and goodness. I am grateful for the awareness of this creative process, and I'm grateful to be able to speak this word of opening, of invitation, of intention, and release it into that law, and know without any question at all, the law is already responding. It is already bringing this good into being. It is already starting to tell the story. And so this feeling of thanks, I speak this word, I let it go, and I know it's so. And so it is. So it is. It's beautiful as always. I'm looking forward to some stories in the comments on the podcast. I want to see them. It's got to be because we covered a lot of what is practical in everybody's life, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll see. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org.